Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast, Coming up on this episode... Hi, I'm Matt Graveling of Sky Sports News. Macaroni. Matt Graveling, but oh, it's close. I've now going to change my Twitter Sorry, bio to Macaroni. So cut that bit. We'll cut that bit, although do it's it being streamed, so never mind. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. And I'm joined in a virtual room filled with some lions. I've got Ollie and I've got Chris. And hey, it's a bank holiday weekend. What are you... Most looking forward to this bank holiday weekend. I'm going to be spending some time with some of my friends who I haven't seen in a little while. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to take full advantage of the long weekend and uh, and have a nice rest as well. So it's uh hope everyone out there is doing a similar thing. You know, it's uh, tough times at the moment, you know, economically, all the rest of that. So it's nice to get a bit of a break every now and then. What, what, about, what about yourself, Chris? I'm going to... Reading tomorrow to the Chelsea women's last game of the season. Ooh, oh, oh, nice. Oh, that's going to be a nervy one. I mean, yes, it's, yes it's, it is. I mean, surely it's going to be less nervy than the FA Cup final. Yeah, mm. I'd have thought so. I hope so. Reading are bottom of the league. So, but they do need to win to have to stay up. So Ooh. it's it's going to be tough. I think. And if, if, if Chelsea win, do they win the title? Yes. Yeah, yeah do, so yeah. everything's on the line. Big game. Love it. I, I'm glad you did that because the women's uh, press conferences today before the games, <laughs> Emma Hayes dropped a classic. It's literally what we kicked off the show with in the intro part. I put it in because I thought that is the best sound drop we need for this show. We do. It's It, it just brings a smile to my face. Emma her Hayes, that, absolute icon. That, that, uh, macaroni. That reporter, macaroni. His name's like, what is it? Like Matt, Matt Grangley or something like Gra- that. Gravely, I think. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. what I'm saying. Like <laughs> she called him Macaroni. Oh. Love that. Uh, Do you know, t- that's like, that's up there with um with Louis Van Hal calling them Queen's Park Raisins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. I mean, to be fair, there is a lot of football to be stoked for this weekend. Obviously, the final match day of the WSL season. Chelsea win and they lift the title. The the championship playoff final between Coventry and Luton. You've got the final match day of the Bundesliga, which Dortmund could be crowned. And if none of that gets you hyped, you've got Juventus taking on AC Milan and the Serie A on Sunday. It's a fun weekend ahead. It's and if you really, if, and if none of that really is getting you, you know, getting you ready for the for the weekend ahead, you've got Chelsea Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, with that, let's quickly run to the news. It's all positive, I swear. Oh God. It's that time of the week as we're going to check out the news that you may have missed because you've probably gone Chelsea, block that word off all of my socials, uh, in the elevator of Chelsea News. Raheem Sterling missed out from Gareth Southgate's squad for England's European Championship qualifiers against Malta and North Macedonia. Chelsea have placed Moises Casado as their number one priority for midfield this summer. Chelsea have decided against holding an end-of-season's awards night. Todd Bowley is going to dial back his involvement at Chelsea. Chelsea have joined PSG in the auction for Manuel Ugarte and beat to beat the €60 million Euro release clause. Chelsea and Liverpool are monitoring the situation of Romeo Lavia. 
And finally in the news, Jose Mourinho said that the only club in his career he doesn't still have a big feeling for is Tottenham. Not a shock. Not a shock. They sacked him before a cup final. Why would you do that? I mean, what 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 from this week's news grabbed your attention? I mean, like there could have been I mean, to be honest, if we included absolutely everything in Chelsea news this week, this could have quite, this section could be an hour and a half long. It was quite quiet. It was a quiet week. There's I mean, I've, look, I've got. I'm not going to lie. I've got two things I've noted down. The first up, it's 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 the major thing that grabbed my attention this week, and it's got to be discussed, even if I would rather wash my face with a cactus. It's the latest on Mason Mount. Now, this this came from David Ornstein, and it is that Mason Mount's leaning towards joining United if Chelsea agree to sell. Talks expected between the clubs in due course. Other sides who have been pursuing the interna- England international are aware of his preference. Now, the key word in here I keep stressing is if Chelsea agrees to sell. If Chelsea agrees to sell. That's if we agree to sell. For some reason, it seems that we've agreed to sell. No, we haven't. It's if. So that makes sense. I mean, however, you know, we're aware Pochettino wants him to stay and he may just do that. You, who knows? You never know. However, all these little leaks, I feel, uh, they're, we know the relationship that social media fans have with Mason Mount, but it, it doesn't help. I mean, in general, are you are you as fed up about this saga as I am? Oh my God, Mikey, I'm so bored. I'm it so can... bored of the it's you know what it's the same as any transfer thing these days. And it and it's the problem with stuff that, you know, social media news and things being perennially online is that Every day you get these tiny little snippets and updates and little slivers of information and then everybody has to massively overanalyze every little thing about it. And it just drives me absolutely mad. If Listen, at the end of the day, either Mason Mount is going to stay or he's not. Chelsea will still exist afterwards. It will suck or it won't suck, depending on how you feel about it. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. like no player is bigger than the club. I know it, cause, it causes a lot of outrage and a lot of upset. I personally don't want him to leave, but if, you know, we can't stop him from leaving if that's what he wants, you know, and considering how we've, you know, treated some of our other academy prospects, you know, like James, he got renewed quite quickly. Chalaba got renewed quickly. Broya got renewed quite quickly this season. So, you know, if Mount doesn't want to stay and he feels like whatever money's being offered or length of contract or whatever is unfair, more power to him, you know, and we'll just, we'll, We'll just do what we can, take the rough with the smooth. Because, my God, I'm fed up of trying to figure out how I feel about this. <laughs> I mean, Chris, you've, you've got... I'm, I'm passing over the ball. You Are you going to run it run it for a touchdown, are you? Or are you just sick of this as well? Uh, I'm sick of it as well. I, I'm sick of hearing so much about a player who's barely played this season. Like, I could understand... It being like bigger news if he'd been playing really well and wouldn't sign the contract. But we haven't seen him this year. Like, and when we have, it ain't been good. Let's be honest. Now, I think it is. No one's been good this year for us. No, no, that, that, that's more than fair. And I'll get onto that later, believe me. Um, but I think the thing is with Mount, if he, if he wanted, if he really wanted to say he'd have signed by now. And I think going yeah. forward, I think going forward, no matter who the player is, I only want people at the club who want to be there because I'm sick mm. to death of watching a load of players who are just look like they're there just for the money or the glamour of living in London and they don't really give a shit about the club at all. Either he cares and wants to stay and he'll stay and sign whatever contract they're offering him, you know, unless it's a insulting amount of money, which I doubt it is, or he'll 
he or he doesn't really want to be here and he wants to go and try something new and then you know good luck to him but to be honest with you I, I honestly don't think I'll be bothered either way at this point I mean and that's it... the thing I think I'm desensitized to it now like I think at the <laughs> yeah. start and the the fan base is slowly I think coming around to that to that as well as like you know everyone's been through the five stages of grief on this and hit acceptance <laughs> about him potentially leaving and it's just like you say, I think the thing is, is what what this saga has shown to me is more actually a commentary on sort of football itself, and and something that's slightly changed in terms of recent seasons is a player is now only as good as their most recent season. Yeah, you know, I mean, in it's terms of like whether they're, they're kept or sold, and how like you know the fan base would think of them wanting to be kept or sold. It's wild mm-hmm. to think, but he has actually played twenty five of our Premier League games so far, which it feels because it's the back end, obviously due to injury. I mean. For me, the key, but I mean, I'm taking this as assumption. Choosing Manchester United as your preferred destination, we're told, over, say, Arsenal or Liverpool, kind of tells, it makes me lean to one thing about the mindset, and that's money. Now, let's not be naive. Football is also a job. You know, we'd all, we all would aim to be paid the most you can for what you, you know, do in the job you do. I look back over the last year, he's, he's hired a PR team. Now, is that to put out reports to the media to feed a particular narrative? He wants out. He wants to stay. I don't know. Maybe you you will never know that that you just you'll never know. The issue that I kind of have with all of this right now is I, I don't pretend that just just don't pretend that you you love the club so much. You know, well you you keep hearing proper Chelsea and that sort of vibe. You know, walking around the ground clapping the fans like you're aiming to go down in Chelsea law like John Terry Lampard and so many other legends i mean it, it feels like really good pr to get the heat off yourself if you're doing that and uh, do you know what P- mason mount has become a pr driven player he's, he's like he's like our marcus rashford literally everything he does is for pr like the, the amount of praise he got for being the only player who went and applauded the mm. away fans or, oh, look, he didn't even play and he still come out to clap the fans. That's He's not doing that for any reason except for the PR. Exactly. You know, actions speak louder than words and certain actions speak much louder than others. You know, like it's all well and good to clap the fans. But at the same time, it's like if you really wanted to be here, you'd sign the contract already. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. There's I mean... been, apparently there's been no major developments on the contract since February, from what I've heard, like, you know, in terms of like actually contract discussion. So I'm kind of hopeful in some cases, some cases that Pochettino might be able to come in and, mm. and you know, bang some heads together and, and cause, I don't know, some kind of resolution of this because honestly like i do you know what at this point i don't care whether he leaves or whether he stays i just want it to be finished because yeah, I, I, like, I just want this fair. saga to be done i mean i always say that i see better than i hear and um, with mount i've i've heard you know he's proper chelsea i've heard it isn't about the money but till i see that that contract signed he can do all the laps around the bridge he likes you know he can clean the stadium and hey even off to pay for our twitter blue subscription but if he goes to United for three hundred thousand pounds per week, we know the truth. He's getting, you know, and I, we know I, the truth. I hate to say that, you know, like because we are a club that also offers a lot of money to a we lot do. of players. We do, right? you know. So it's it's sometimes it feels a little bit harsh to d- dig at Man United for that, but they they do have two of the most like ex- I think in terms of the highest paid players, I think they have like three of the top ten in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and I don't think they have more than any other club. It's like De Gea and two others maybe Casemiro and someone else mm. it just says to me that yeah it says to me that I think he's more interested in maybe a new challenge and the money and maybe he want he's maybe he's fed up of our fan base you know he's been criticized for years and years and years for you know and kind of been undervalued a lot 
if you were, you know, if that was the case at anyone else's job, they would probably want to leave too. You know, yeah, I think to point. a certain degree, he doesn't really owe, owe the club anything, mm. you know, in in a way. But And it's harsh to say that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm personally not going to lose sleep over it if he does leave because Chelsea have lost worse players than Mason Mount and better players than Mason Mount. And we've still gone on to win trophies and, you right. know, it doesn't matter. Right. Before we move to the review... Manuel Ugarte looks to be a hot trend this summer. Both PSG and now Chelsea have entered the race to trigger his release clause. Apparently, his dream is to play in the Premier League and we are looking at paying more than his release to get the deal done because Chelsea, that's what we do. CFC Central did a really solid piece, though, of content with a scouting report, as always. They always do. And from what I saw, he, he looks an extremely talented player at a few things, defending, tackles, interceptions, passing, dribbling. <laughs> Damn. Honestly, it's why he can turn on the afterburners. I mean, I'd love to know, right? I know people are going to go, really? But I would love to know how quick he could run in the 40-yard dash, which I still wish, you know, we'd bring into our game from the NFL draft. But just just to sort of know the speed of these players. I mean, what are your thoughts on Ugarte? I like him. Um, I was originally a little bit sceptical um, only because I think like, a, you know, a couple months ago, nobody had really heard of him. But from what I've heard and from what I've seen, he looks like a very tidy player. He sort of does a little bit of everything, um, you know, off the ball. And he's very, very fast. He's good at recovering. So, uh, you know, I think he's a he, he would be a good player to sit next to someone like Enzo Fernandez, you know, to let Enzo go up a little bit more as long as he can sort of positionally sit and be be disciplined. I I think that's the most important thing. But yeah, he seems like a tidy player. I I don't know if he's better than Caicedo. I don't know if he's better than Lavia. I, 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 there are a lot of good opportunities for decent midfielders this summer. I, I wouldn't be unhappy if we signed him at all. What do you think, Chris? I'll be honest with you. I I don't think I've seen a single time he's played football. <laughs> until, I'll be completely 100% honest. Until I read that story, I didn't even know who he was. So... I, I, I can literally pass no opinion on him whatsoever. All no, I do it say. anyway. Everyone else on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think he's great. I think he's brilliant. <laughs> he, he, every, could, he could be messy. He could be messy. E- every time I haven't seen him, he's been great. Um, yeah. But no, I did, do you know what it is this summer that I'm going to find really difficult? It's getting excited over our signings because we've got yeah. so many wrong. Oh, I, just, I, 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 I honestly, I don't think I'll get excited about a signing until I've seen them play for two years, and then I, and then I might turn around <laughs> and go, "Yeah, he was good." He, he, yeah. he, he wait gave, until he's he retired. Everything. Yeah, wait until he's retired, and Chris suddenly turns around and goes, "Ah, right, you know what? I think he was all right." Him, yeah, yeah he was an all right. <laughs> Solid seven out of ten. I, I mean, we move to a, a mid midweek match report this time. Sponsor, what's it sponsored by? A cactus to the face. Still yeah, less is painful. Is it sponsored by? Do we have to? And yes, we do. Hey, a cactus <laughs> to the face is still less painful than watching Chelsea football this season. I mean, I would, I would genuinely rather eat a cactus raw, hundred <laughs> percent, than, than than watch us play. Hey, My but- God. You can cook a good cactus dish. There's there's loads on there, listeners. If you want to go ahead for a bit, Google. It's worth it. It's worth looking into. But look, how did it happen? Well, Casemiro headed in a free kick early on in the game. The the lead was later increased, but we did have the opportunity to at least tie the score at halftime. But the Blues could have seized the lead themselves after fielding the youngest Chelsea side in Premier League history. It was 23 years and 238 days. But one of those young players, Mikhailo Modricki, missed the target. Probably should focus his attention on shooting practice instead of filming people in the gym. But Lewis Hall, 
who was the clear standout player, also gave Kai Havertz an opportunity in the first half. Conor Gallagher came close. Sadly, Martial made it 2-0 for United. And then Bruno Fernandes added a third of a penalty. And then Rashford sealed the four goals with as a result of a Wesley Fafana error. He quite literally always scores against us. It drives he does. me nuts. At least it drives me absolutely. It wasn't nuts. quite as good as the free kick. I'll be honest, but <laughs> I mean, Jao Felix was another sub. He scored the goal. Our overall forward effort had merited, but it was a wonderful one. Right? I mean, fair. I'll give him flowers for this. You know, from the halfway line, and it was a sweet, sweet strike into the bottom corner. But I've got a question. And it's it's going to be, which side, Chris, was worse? Is it Lampard's Everton or Ch- Lampard's Chelsea this season? Do you know what? I would say, I, I, I would say, I would say it's Chelsea team. Do you know why? Because that Everton team, even on paper, is terrible. Mm. Like this Chelsea team, yeah. at least on paper, you think, oh, that could be all right. Then you watch them play and you think, oh, God, no, they're awful. But yeah, honestly... I can't believe how bad he's been. And I think he could be not only, I mean, I think he is now already statistically the worst manager we've ever had, but I think he could be the worst managerial appointment we've ever had. And I think that because I think this team now is further away from being good again than it was when we sacked Graham Potter. Hmm. I actually think we've gone backwards because under Potter and for all the faults of of Graham Potter's Chelsea. And there were a lot. And there was loads. There was too many to talk about. There, the one thing was we always created chances and couldn't score them. Mm. Uh, and I thought defensively, we still looked relatively solid. Uh, we looked like we had a structure and an idea. We just wasn't very good at it. Um. I I don't know what this team is now. Like every time, every time any team has the ball, you think that's going to go in the goal. That we can't defend, we can't attack. There's yeah. there's literally nothing good about this team. And we, to be fair, we created a couple of chances against United, missed them, of course we did. But <laughs> I just think that was just down to Man United's really poor defending more than anything else. I I, I don't think it was down to our good football. I, honestly. Every, I, I have never hated a Chelsea team more than this one. There isn't, against Man United, especially without Thiago Silva playing, I don't think there was a single player on the pitch who I thought, yeah, I'll support him. Probably, uh, yeah. if I had to pick I one, probably Lewis Hall, if I had to pick one. The oh, rest yeah. of he them, was not, not, not interested. I mean, I've, I've been a Chelsea supporter for over 20 years. And, and right now, this... It kind of feels the most pathetic we've looked that I can remember. I mean, I can sort of sum this season up quite easily, you know. So just imagine our squad as a nice summer lunch. Tuckle was known from previous clubs to be the hot sauce. And he was again in our, he was again, wasn't he, in our in our squad this season. But quite often, obviously, the owners wouldn't like the heat he brought. So they sort of tossed him out and it happened again. We We tossed him out and started fresh. Graham Potter was the flavour of the month, but he was four shades of vanilla, bland. So we thought, how about a third go at this? So the tried and tested Frank Lampard came in, but he was three years past his sell-by date and has just completely spoiled the ingredients we've got left over. And it's, it does seem like that, sucks. doesn't it? It sucks. You know, it's, 
if you were going to continue with the food analogy, it's almost like, you know, we had like a, a very spicy, but, you know, a, a, not everyone's cup of tea, but a very tasty and spicy cured ham in Tuchel. Ooh. Then, like you say, with, with Potter, you've got like some light mayonnaise. <laughs> and then and then Lampard's just like, you know, like an old plimpsole you found on the side of the road. <laughs> this you know, will do. And you've put in a sandwich. So it, it, I don't know. Like, th- this whole season, I, I, th- I think actually... The, the game against United was probably emblematic of our whole season, of just how much of a mess it's been from top to bottom. Team looked mm. frustrated, the team looked disorganised. You know, having watched it back, it just looks... It, it just looked like they weren't really bothered, most of them. You know, I'll give Lewis Hall his credit because I thought he was, you know, our best player, more or less, which is an absolute terrible indictment of the rest of our squad, where an 18-year-old from the academy is giving more effort than, the you know, £100 million signings. You know, he... he it's just it's absolutely baffling to me how we can have players who the second the season actually you know sort of officially was over and there was nothing to play for effectively just down tools and they knew that pot that they knew that yeah you know, after Potter went they knew that Lampard wasn't going to stay and they knew that they could get away with it and, yeah. and that's all it's been you know like it's we, what we have is we have a group of entitled spoiled players who know when they can get away with murder and they've been getting yeah. away with murder all season and you know in previous seasons. Thankfully, the one good thing you can say about this season is it's been so bad. There's no place to hide now. For no. Uh, you, know, uh, you, you know what concerns me more, though, about watching the game? And this is the worst thing I think you can say as a Chelsea fan. We're very Spursy. Ugh, I hate that you said that, but I see what yeah. you mean. But I, if, I, if anyone... I'm disgusted with it. <laughs> if anyone has watched the the Tottenham um, All or Nothing documentary, one of the first things Mourinho says to them is they're too nice. I watch us play now and we're so nice. I mean, God, Jesus. Kai yeah, Havertz like... committed a foul on Varane. And I, I, honestly, I thought he was going to have his kids at one point. Jesus. He went and picked him up off the floor. He was giving him a cuddle. I thought, oh, my God. Enzo Fernandez kicking the ball out because Rashford was rubbing his knee. I thought, oh, my God, we are 2-0 down and you've kicked the ball out because Rashford's got a poorly leg. Like, honestly, there is nothing about this team to like. The, the, there's not even the character. There's There's no... There's not a single player in our team who the opposition wouldn't want to play against because I mean, they're all just yeah. really nice people. We, we are very nice. I mean, I think it's frustrating because I've watched, we all have watched Frank Lampard and Graham Potter both fumble the job, like our forwards have fumbled their chances. And it, it can make all the difference in the world to have a manager who's competent. Obviously, yeah. you know, we don't expect to be contenders next season. But making the top six, realistically, looking at our squad, shouldn't really be a problem. I mean, if you no. look at... Well, I look, mean, like, you know, challenging for the title shouldn't be a problem. You know, like the, the actual let's, standard... Let's calm down now. No, no. no. The, stand, <laughs> the standard of players that we usually go for and the money we band around and, and, and everything that we've got at the club at the moment, we're an elite and of elite... We're an, an elite of an elite group of clubs hmm. you know we deserve to be challenging for the for the title every season and it's emblematic of the club's direction and strategy that something has gone horribly wrong uh, this season i mean if we look to who we face on sunday you know in just 18 months newcastle moved from being near the bottom of the league and pretty much nailed on to be relegated to playing in the champions league and what did they do well they brought in eddie howe and made a few acquisitions smart moves a competent head coach and they've gone from an average calf to Michelin star restaurant and they deserve the praise they've been given because 
they've been incredible. And we're obviously, we know it's going to be Mauricio Pochettino. It's, uh, it's Everyone knows this, the secret's out, where everyone knows. And he's known for how he works with players and that that sort of close connection. I mean, this is this is needed, especially with Mikhailo Mudrik. You know, this week has been one that himself needs to learn from, both on and off the field. We already know why. Now, let, look, look, everyone makes mistakes, it happens. But Mudrik is obviously a professional athlete. He's got millions of followers that watch his every move on social media. Everything he does is going to be documented. And he he probably just needs the right voices around him to sort of guide, advise him, make better choices, because you you can only get so far in talent alone. Attitude is is important, it's critical. And we can we could list off so many names who had had the yeah. talent, but their attitude was wasn't the best and it cost I was them. gonna say, if you're going off talent alone, you know, someone like Ravel Morrison would I have been an literally had that man that man in my mind because he was incredible at Youth Incredible. And Poch certainly could be the man to provide a good influence. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll try and talk positive for a bit because there was some positives. I mean, I'll hand out some, my flowers to Enzo. He was, he the man for me was worth the fee we paid. I mean, he was, he's kind of exposing the players in the squad that aren't on the level that we need to be at. You know, his accuracy and consistency on the long pass is just incredible. You know, although he'll he might be playing higher up next season, I just sort of adore this this development I'm seeing and that he's displaying in that first phase of receiving the ball and just handling pressure. You know, we will be in excellent shape to rule the the defensive and middle third if if we get if we get him a partner like Ugarte or Casido. And also, I know you touched on it earlier, Lewis Hall, he gets his flowers as he has just continued to impress and provide a real conundrum with our left-back spot next season if we don't sort of view him as a centre-mid long-term. Because that seems to be his new role. I mean, where, where were your positives on players that impressed you? Or at least, you know, gave a damn? I, I thought Hall was very good. And, you know, like I said, I, I think Hall deserves his flowers, even though that, even though it was a terrible game. I don't think many other people really deserved much um, if I'm honest, I thought um, Felix took his goal well. Um, you know, uh, it's something at least, uh, you know, Enzo was decent. But probably, you know, I hope next season he can sort of affect the game a bit more, have a bit more of an impact in terms of goals and assists, because that's what we've all been, you know, that's what we've all been uh, having a go at people like Felix and stuff for, is that they're not providing enough. And it's the same thing we said about Kovacic, you know, is that they're not providing enough in terms of goals and assists for the team. And, until Enzo starts providing that a little bit more, you know, he can make all the flashy, nice passes he likes and it can get us into dangerous positions. But if it doesn't lead to a goal, there quite literally is no point. Mm. And, you know, I, I think it's just a shame. Uh, I, I maybe, it's, maybe it's indicative of the season, but it just seems like nobody cares. And I don't know. I, and I'm sort of almost tempted not to care by, <laughs> by you know, by extension, because if they're not going to put in the effort, I don't really want to either. Yeah, I, I know I know what you mean. I mean it it kind of it kind of also sucks that this season has been so bad with with injuries. I mean I mean we know that and then obviously what happened yes what was it yesterday? And it was confirmed on Instagram today about Reese James being out for the final game and you just think Oh, I hope that's it. It's it I, always. I hope he just me. goes and gets his surgery over the over the you know this over preseason or whatever, and just has it over with you. But but like I've said it, I've said it once, I've said it a million times. The fact that our we have as many injuries that we do is an absolute disgrace for the club that we are. You know, with the resources we've got, the size of the mm. club we've got, we should ha- not have anywhere near the amount of injuries we have. No. And the fact that we do 
is a massive, massive red flag for the um, club. I mean, yeah. I know Chris is going to jump on this, but uh, that Manuel Ogarte has missed no time through injury. And if we sign him... Oh, you know... You, you, injured straight away. <laughs> yeah, you know... Injured he's, in pre-season. He's doing, he's doing, yeah, he's doing his, like, his, his hamstring or he's doing his quad like week one. You know it. Yeah. Uh, I, it what, did though, come to uh, mind. Just going back onto the game for a second, I think when you've watched when you watch Lewis Hall, and to be fair, he had this last season as well. The few times that he he got to play, everyone was always really impressed with him. He's come in this time, and again, for someone who hasn't really played all season, to come in and put in the performances he has, I think, is commendable, and it makes you wonder. We had him when we signed Kukurea, so who sanctioned that? Like, we didn't even Google need him. Right. When Lewis Hall's that good, and he must be that good in training every day, so why did we sign him in the first place? What a waste of money that was when Lewis Hall is more than capable of stepping mm. in and doing that job anyway. And, and then, then you've got Ian Matson as well. You know, like, we're yeah. just got that, such an that's issue what I mean. now it's just for, for crazy. left back. Because, you know, we, we went for the, the shiny new toy that everyone thought was going to be the next big thing in Cucurella, and we actually and this had is our pants why. pulled down. This is why I don't trust our recruitment process. And that's why I'll really struggle this summer to to think that there's any sort of thought gone into the on, it. The only thing I will say about the recruitment, though, is that most of the recruitment in January was a lot better than the recruitment in the summer. And yeah, I hope 100%. we see a similar yeah. level of improvement once think, again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think one one person I do want to mention from, from this game and our last few games, actually, because Ollie was absolutely right. You watch this, you watch most of these players now, probably 90% of them, and you think he doesn't care anymore, he doesn't care anymore. Raheem Sterling staying at home because he didn't get any England squad. Pathetic, by the way. Um, yeah, that's absolutely pathetic. Absolutely by the way. pathetic. Play, Unforgivable. £325,000 a week. £325,000 a week makes him over a million pounds a month. Don't care what he gives to the tax man, right? It, Three hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds, and you know he gets compassionate leave yeah. for, because he didn't get in his big boy team. Absolute but, mess. But one person who I think over the past few weeks, especially, has still played like he cares and like you know playing for Chelsea actually means something is Conor Gallagher. He's not. I've said this before. He's not the best player in the world. We all know that, and I know a lot of people keep talking about he's not Chelsea quality. I mean, I would argue at the minute, almost anyone who can kick a ball is Chelsea quality. Um, Did you see um when uh, that one part where he like he drives down the left hand side and he like runs and trips and falls? Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It, I, like, I I love him because he because he's he would go on, you know, like he's like if only his little finger was left, his little finger would be going after the ball. I yeah, love that. That's what I mean. Like he is still playing like someone who understands what it means to play for Chelsea. He he's not. He's not thinking, oh, well, I probably won't be here next season anyway or oh, the season's dead, so I don't really need to do much. He's still playing like every game, like it, you know, like we could still win the league. And I do think he deserves some credit for that. And I do think that's the sort of player that you want to keep around the squad because he does still offer something. He looks a goal threat. He hasn't got many goals, but he he, he looks like a midfielder who's scoring them recently, though, isn't he? Yeah, and he looks like a midfielder who threatens to score at least, which, like you were saying, you know, we don't really have in the squad aside from him. So I don't really understand. He gets a lot of criticism, and he is clumsy, and he you know he he's not easy on the eye, but 
for me, he does he does a really good job at the stuff that he is good at, and I, I do think he deserves some credit in the back end of the season. Mm, I think you, for you, sure. you do. I don't want to say this partially, but it, I feel like it is true. You do feel like if he wasn't, you know, like an English player, you, I feel like he would get more plaudits. Yeah, I feel would. like I feel like he does get a lot of undue stick because he kind of he, people will classify him as this kind of like English dunce who just runs around and that's all yeah. he does. When actually, you know, there's a lot more to his game than that. And actually, he's doing a lot more for the team right now than a lot of people's favourites are. You know, not hundred percent. Like um, you wouldn't see, you wouldn't see him like like Sterling. You know, not get called up for England and have a sulk at home, would you? No, no. Like because that's not what a professional does. So emoji review. I'm bringing out the shrug emoji because mm, nah. What about you, Ollie? Uh, I'm I'm gonna be very classic and and very classy. Uh, shit emoji. Uh, because <laughs> um, and and it's em- emblematic of our entire season. Um, you know, especially the little smile on it as well. That's important. What about you, Chris? Uh, you know the hand waving. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to pick that one because that's what I'd like to do to at least eighty percent of this squad. Just wave them <laughs> off in the summer. I mean, that's pretty fair, isn't it? I can't, we probably oh, I can't wait. Do you know what? I, this is the first time I ever being a Chelsea fan where I cannot wait for the season to end. Even oh. in fifteen sixteen, I was like, you know, I actually, you know, I was a bit sad that the season ended because it started yeah. to turn up towards the end. This is mm. the first time in ages where the season is actually ending, and I'm so pleased. I cannot mm. wait. I I understand. I understand. We all, we completely all agree. Right. We move to the Lion of the Week. The final Lion of the Week. I mean, we've got to check in on our midweek Lion picks. Berth had Gallagher. Oh, dear. Ollie went Sterling. And I had Madueke. Madueke. I mean, one was tragic. Sorry, Berth. One didn't play. So I kind of win that one by default. Win by default. I mean, we take on Newcastle at home. Yay. So, who are we looking at? I'm going to say Lewis Hall. Damn um, it. I, I won't pick him, but it was in my mind. Just because I, I think he's he's quite literally the only player at the moment who I have any faith in to do anything at all. Uh, you know, like, it, it it's incredible how, how much this season has broken us all as Chelsea fans. <laughs> I, he's the only one left. Please, Lewis, do not disappoint me. Please, you're all I've got left. I'm going to surprise everyone. I'm not going to go Madueke purely because I'm just going to have faith that he's going to want to prove a point. I'm going to go Mikhailo Modric. I just really hope he's just got that mindset. Uh, I think that's very brave. I it think is. Sterling, I think Sterling will play probably for the most oh, part. That's, so, that's you, so brave. You, yeah, you, well. you stick Modric up against Trippier. You know, I think yeah, it's going to be a close battle, that one. We'll see. What do you think? What are you going for, Chris? God, I have to pick someone. I know, it's it happens. We've only got one more game. Come on. All right, let's think of a player who I don't absolutely detest at the minute. Uh, or someone who you think might not play. Stick you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, Hang on, though. Berth, Berth has already picked Ben. Oh, he always can does. Can, yeah. can I pick he a player who's not on loan? <laughs> uh, no, tell yeah. you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with um, Thiago Silva. Oh, well, that's just, just a classic. It's just, a classic Just, just an, an, an easy one, an easy one. Yeah, fair play, fair play. So we, we're going to close out by moving to the Lone Army Carousel. The game of categories, you know the rules, listeners. I ask a question. It's got multiple answers. The guys, they're going to give me an answer in turn. And you know what? If they get one wrong, we know what happens there. But if they take too long to answer, they have till the end of Jason Cundy asking this question. Hey! 
Has anyone seen Spurs? It's the only thing that guarantees they'll both laugh every episode when we've had to review a Chelsea game. Um, it should so, be, has anyone seen Chelsea at the moment? Oh, My it, God. Yeah, oh, no, really oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> just just Kate, Jason Cunney going, has anyone <laughs> seen <laughs> us? Oh. <laughs> oh. So, be good. so the question is, name every winner of the Premier League Golden Boot. Awarded, it's awarded to the top scorer of every season. Officially, this this season is not over yet, but Harlan's going to win it. You know, he's not, you know, he's not going to count on this list. Now, some have won the award multiple times. Some have won it jointly. There are twenty five names to list, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Ollie first. Uh, I'm going to go with Mohamed Salah, <laughs> Harry Kane. Uh, Didier Drogba, he certainly won it at least once, I think. Uh, Thierry Henry. Oh, classic. Nicholas Anelka. Uh, I, I, do you know what? I've got a name here and I don't know whether to say it or not. No, I'm going to go Shearer. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Rooney. Wayne? Yep. No, Colleen. (laughs) (laughs) He was my risk one. Rooney has never won it. He has never won the Golden Boot. Have you got any others, Chris? Oh, not Chris. Uh, Ollie. Sorry. uh, (laughs) I think I've got a couple. Ollie's Um, Ollie's won for the the, record, everyone. The few that I'm thinking of, the two that come to mind back to back are... um, Luis Suarez. Yeah, and, he's on there. Um, and Sergio yeah, Aguero. Sergio Aguero is on there. But after that, I think I'll struggle. I think. Okay. Okay. What about you, Chris? Have you got any extras you want to throw in before we reveal who the remaining ones were? No, those was the two that I had. But I think did uh Nah, surely he didn't. Did Vardy win it? Yeah, he did. He did oh. indeed. He did. Did what, he win who... it 15-16? Yeah, oh, he might have. I can't remember. I don't know. Did Thomas ever win Golden Boot when he was at Liverpool? No, he's not on the list. No. I will oh, read what about, off. Uh, what about Tevez? Yeah, he's on the list. He's on the yeah, list. He's got to be in the. So the ones that haven't been mentioned, we had Andrew Cole, Chris Sutton. That was Chris Sutton before we signed him. If you wanted, it was at Blackburn, <laughs> of course. Of course. Dimitar Berbatov, Dion Dublin, when he was at Norwich. I'm surprised Berbatov's won it. I'm not. It, it, well, I guess, but Dwight York, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Kevin Phillips, Michael Owen, Abamyang, Van Persie, Van Nistelrooy, Mane, Son, and everyone's favourite player who played into his 40s, Teddy Sheringham. Wow. I mean, there were some really obvious ones on there. Oh, I'm yeah, so I probably, probably should that... have got Mane and Son, to be honest. Yeah, yeah and Abamyang. And yeah. Van Persie. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, so Van Persie, yeah. Some shock, but, shocking, shocking. I can't believe Rooney never won it. I think the one time he was going to, Drogba beat him, didn't he, on the last day? Uh, he might have. I really should check this. You know what? I'm going to look it up right now for everyone. It's madness, actually. Yeah, in that 9-10 season, Drogba, didn't he almost score like 30 goals? He scored 31, uh, I think. No, 29, was it? 29? 20, oh, look at that. 29. 29. Yeah, yeah, he got 29. Like... Rooney got 26. Darren Beck got 24. Wow! Darren Bent, my God. Oh, my word. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Seth's got 15. 
He was in the top eight. Wow. Because he was an attacking mid at the time. Mm, true, true. Yeah. That's fair. So, listeners, we're at the end of another episode. So thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, treat yourself well. Enjoy the final Premier League weekend, whatever you're doing, and the bank holiday, of course, if you're in the UK. We uh, know we will. Woo! Yeah, woo! somehow we're going to watch. Wait, are we going to? I will watch the final day. So probably it, whoever Sky go with, I'm guessing they're going to go with the Everton game or Leeds. Eh, we'll see. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk all things Newcastle and hand out at, at the Bridge Pod end of season awards. So that's going to be something we could actually have a good bloody laugh about. So I'm looking forward to that. I love that. So till then, that is us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.